Welcome back to Crossing Crown Radio. Man, it's been forever. It seems like it's been forever. I don't know how long. Not quite forever, not, but it has been a minute for yeah, sure. Yeah, not quite forever, but we're not trying to necessarily keep track. I, I don't know. This year has been kind of wild as it is. So, I, I'm, Has something been going on this year? There's some things. Uh, 2020 is, you know, it's a special year. Yeah. Um, dearly beloved 2020. So yeah, lots of life stuff, lots of church stuff, lots of COVID stuff. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> prevented us from recording as much as we like to, but we are happy to be back. This is the new improved cross and crown radio and we are pumped. Yeah. Just changing things up. Yeah. Uh, it's my name is Jason, by the way, this is John. Hi. We, <laughs> we got right in. I think most people know who we are anyway, regular listeners, but, um, changing things up a little bit this, this year, we're we're just going to keep recording and going right so n- nothing major on that front i guess but we we do want to uh welcome any new listeners people following watching the video live so thank you for tuning in um but yeah this is this is crossing ground radio jesus is king there's no neutrality there's no exile there's no surrender and so we're keeping that amen because we like that we think that phrase is sums up a lot of our theology. Absolutely. It know, absolutely does. In a lot of in a lot of ways. But so yeah, we just want to start with some housekeeping. We got stuff to What is going on with us? Housekeeping indeed. One major thing that's changed, I suppose, is we're now at lambsrain.com. That's right. So lambsrain.com slash CCR. We are still crossing Crown Radio, but we are teaming up with Lambs Rain Media. And we're going to be over there. If you haven't checked out Lamb's Reign, please do. There is a ton of content. More content is added uh, every day, almost every single day. We have several contributors that show up and uh, do some writing for us. Um, myself, John, Jordan, uh, Dr. Joel McDermott, a friend of ours, uh, we, we serve as uh, editors. But for the most part, we want to take the biblical worldview and use the pen and do something with it. That's right. That's right. So we're at Lambs Rain Media, lambsrain.com, and there are articles, there are books for sale. You can check those out as well. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you need to go, uh, well, if you've already subscribed, you should be good to go. You should be good to go. <laughs> we'll see. We're, uh, me and iTunes this week have been fighting, uh, as it were, but we hopefully everything is squared away and we're assuming if you're listening to this, then it's working. <laughs> so we should be good on that front. But make sure you subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and uh, Lord willing, Amazon. I think they just launched something too. So we're trying yeah, to we're gonna work on that. Trying to figure that out. But and now that we have video, YouTube. Yeah, we'll be on YouTube and Facebook, of course. Yeah, follow us on Facebook, yeah. Crossing Crown Radio, Lambs Rain, two different pages. Um, but we'll be cross posting. So yeah, 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 we got that squared away. So make sure you follow us on there to learn more. And also one other thing, cause I know people have asked, uh, about supporting the work yep. crossing crown radio, lambs rain media. You can do that at lambsrain.com slash support. You can sign up, you know more about that than I do. I think you worked on that. Sure. Yeah. What's the, what's the deal? They can subscribe monthly. Yeah. It's a very easy to use platform where you can subscribe monthly, uh, or you can just do a one-time, uh, uh, donation to us if you like. And this is just to help support the work that Lambs Rain's doing. So um, we aren't supported by any major financiers. Uh, right. We don't get any paychecks from George Soros. Oh, Soros. Nothing, nothing like that. So this will just ha- help cover the 
the hosting fees and the website and any technology, anything like that. It's just covering the basic bills. So if you like what we do, if you like this podcast, if you like any of the articles we're putting out or any of the books that we are selling, uh, please just toss some bucks our way. And if you don't toss any bucks our way, that's okay too. Yeah. Free content. That's the point, but we'd love to have you partner with us uh, for sure. And we do still have some swag across and crown radio. We have Cross and Crown Church and radio swag. That's right. Uh, and that's at crosscrowncurch.com. And you can you can check that stuff out there too. So yeah, um, lots to lots to talk about tonight. I feel like the world's been on fire and we're, you know, being the good post millennialists that we are, we're just sipping our coffee and hanging out and saying, this is fine. You, you've probably seen that meme. Right. Uh, <laughs> there's been a ton of stuff between COVID-19, which we want to talk about first, um, but also lately, just this huge spark of uh, Black Lives Matter and sort of intramural, inter-Christian debate on, should we even use that term? Wh- what do we do with that? Uh, which is very much connected to the same debates we've had on social justice um, and right, what, how, right. how the gospel interacts with the world. Yeah. So I, th- I think as far as like the theme of this particular episode, we really want to hammer down on what does it look like to be a Christian in these tumultuous times? And and the type of Christian we're after is not the, oh, no, let's bury our head in the sand. You know, let's get away and escape and retreat, because, frankly, there's been a lot of that already. Yeah. So we don't want to go that route. Um, but on the flip side, too, there's a lot to discuss in terms of, you know, even things that I um, have talked on and written about with regard to what happens when you have big government, big pharma, you know, those types of things become problematic. So my hope is we can maybe hash that out and think, okay, what does it mean to be a Christian for one? What does God's law demand? Because that's a good question to ask. And how do we, how do we move on? How do we move forward? How do we engage in this world, in this time when things seem to be completely upside down and backwards? That's right. And through all of this, through all of 2020, God is good and God is king. Yeah. And frankly, you know, I guess this is, you just made me think of something. Good work. Very simple uh, statement. I <laughs> God is good <laughs> and, and God is king. Uh, you made me think of the fact that a lot of people, I've had this question asked to me, maybe you have too, where they've said, oh, you're post-millennial, so everything's just pie in the sky and everything can only get better in sort of a straight upward line as if sanctification ever works that way. Right. Uh, sanctification individually, sanctification as a nation, as the world, as history. Um, I said something recently in a sermon about history being sanctified. It's it's supposed to be sanctified, sanctified, not condemned. And you made me think of the fact that, well, what's my answer to that? If someone says post mill seems to be lollipops and rainbows, <laughs> what do we do with this nonsense going on? And frankly, the answer is, I, I think, pretty simple. When you couch your post-millennialism with your covenantalism, and you see that much of what's happening is some form of judgment. You don't get to dismember children for this long, yeah. and God just sits back, you know, oh, it's no big deal. And, and not that Sodom Gomorrah 2.0 is going to happen either. God sanctions us to move us. For the church, right, he restores us. And for the unbeliever, his wrath is poured out, Romans 1, on those particular activities. So we have to kind of navigate, I think, in a post-millennial world, what does it mean for judgment to be, to be taking place? And how do we view the judgment? 
And for us, judgment and the suffering is always unto victory. It's always unto victory. Look at the cross. That's the prime example. So as far as what does it mean to be a Christian in this COVID-19 chaos, we're like, what, five months in? Right. Five months in, shut down here in since, Virginia. Since it got, you know, big and publicized at least. Right, right, right. right. Allegedly discovered in December of 2019. Um, I'm fascinated by some of Dr. Kaufman's stuff on this. He seems to be an interesting fellow, Duke, MIT guy, uh, just saying. And, and I will say this. I don't know. You don't know everything, right? That's true. <laughs> that is true. I don't know everything. We know each other. We both know that the other person doesn't know everything. That's also true. So, <laughs> so how, do you, how do you get into position where, for example, Dr. Kaufman says, well, I don't even know if there's a scientific paper that's been published that's even where the virus has been secluded. How do we, how do we get to this point? How, you know, the, the, the question of testing and the PCR test being problematic. Um, what do you think about that? What, when we think about what are we supposed to, to know? Is there a conspiracy behind every door? Is there the Illuminati? I, I think there's a few things to hit on. And obviously we could talk about this forever. Jason yeah. and I actually don't agree on all of these mm. things and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think there's a few points. First of all, um, sub conspiracies are real. It's like, true. F- full stop. Some are real. Um, which ones are real is a lot more difficult to really discern. And one thing I've noticed is that there's almost a, a new theory every week. And one of those could be true, but so many of them are actually contradicting themselves. That's very difficult to put your finger on something and say, oh, this is the truth. Or, you know, we could say there's a lot of vested interest in big, big pharma and the government regulators to uh, perhaps lie and deceive. Maybe it's not even intentional, but they have a lot of philosophical underpinnings that would cause them to say things that aren't true. And I think that's also a legitimate mm-hmm. idea. But we could also say the same thing about all the people who are more contradictory towards the status quo. And ultimately, there is no such thing as the science. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as the science. There's a lot of people with a lot of different ideas. I do think there is a general consensus among at least the scientific community on certain broad factors, but it's a very broad scope. For example, I believe, yes, there is a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Now what that means exactly, I don't really know. So with those very basic bullet points, yes, some conspiracies are true. No, I don't know which ones of them are true. <laughs> the government can lie, but so can the you know, natural health community. They could have their own you know, issues or presuppositions that could be wrong. Um, who knows? Like, I, I don't know. So with all those points, I, I think the Christian idea is humility in this. Right. Knowing what we don't know. Knowing when to not essentially play the Facebook physician and to be bold when the government is actually being tyrannical without trying to place yourself in a position of authority where you're speaking on things that you don't actually sh- sh- you don't actually need to be speaking on. Uh you could even be right. But we're told to be truth tellers first and foremost. And so we need to be very careful about how we communicate and we need to be very careful about getting into topics where we literally just started studying it maybe in March while we still have full-time jobs and families and so on and so forth. Right. Um, And that doesn't mean that the layman can't have truth. 
And we're not trying to advocate some ivory tower mentality. But I also think that, I mean, that, that would be like the one ditch, right? Pastor right. is like this right. ivory tower mentality where there's the scientific community and nothing they can say could ever be wrong. And that's where we get into the abortion is healthcare <laughs> position, yeah. right? Yeah. Abortion is healthcare. Vaccines should be mandatory, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to advocate that, but there's another ditch in which we all um, think that we know better and we basically toss the baby out with the bathwater. And yeah. I'm trying to find the center and I don't know if I have it or not. What's the so balance? I'm just yeah. tossing some ideas out there. What do you think? Pastor? Yeah, I think for sure the central issue here is humility in terms of let's be slow to speak. James's admonition, slow to speak. There are several times where I've wanted to post something or you know, I think you've, you said something recently about the delete key. And I, I think that's absolutely something that should be probably more, more on our minds. I look, I have a general aversion to getting bogged down in Facebook anyway, for example, social media. I don't have the time. I'm bivocational. I, I have books to write. <laughs> I have things. I, I, I have less of an aversion. I probably should have more of one. I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but, but that's for me, that's a huge, a huge way to get bogged down and you are stuck in the mud and it's very difficult to pull out of that. And, and again, again, balance is key. It's not, well, just delete Facebook and never, you know, you have to have self-control. So there's a lot of Christian things in play here with regard to humility, self-control, fruit of the spirit, right? being patient with one another and being as best you can, because for example, social media is a difficult medium for communicating big ideas. It can be. Hence, you need usually longer articles and and perhaps maybe even more face-to-face debates and, and video chats. And, yeah. you know, and we don't, we don't want to be some theological boomer saying to get off social media necessarily. <laughs> I think that could be wise for a lot of people, for sure. At the same time, it's a blessing. It's a tool and we should use it to yeah. glorify God. Um, yeah. Even if it's Facebook, liberal Facebook, we should use whatever tools we have, including something like that. Um, so we're not saying don't use it, but we need to be very careful because there's a lot of distance between people on social media. And whenever there's that distance, we're much more likely to be abusive towards each other. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, you can't always read tone. Sometimes that can be difficult. Oh, that came across awkward. And that could be because, oh, so-and-so, we're not jiving anyway. So there's a lot to consider, right? Or you're just arguing with somebody you don't even know. You've never met them, and here they are on your post. Your, your entire ego is wrapped <laughs> up in proving this Facebook stranger yeah. wrong. Yes, and so as far as COVID nineteen in general, one thing, one thing I think we can as Christians say: one, there is a massive amount of tyranny going on in the world, and the obviously you think of the uh, nonsense of shooting a black unarmed you know, unarmed man (laughs) that's happened again. So there's that issue we're going to come back to, but institutional or systemic issues. You also have the tyranny of big government printing more money, you know, stealing people's money still in, in massive amounts of ways through taxation and coercive measures. Um, So as far as tyranny, you know, you think of the mask issue. um, I believe it to be a tyranny in the sense that the magistrate, shouldn't be telling anybody what to do with their face (laughs) because they should be punishing evil. But is it the biggest tyranny? No. 
when you think of abortion on demand that's still happening, tyranny. Right. Bombing, you know, we haven't really, as far as I know, <laughs> done that in a, in a little bit. At least not big enough for us to hear about. But yeah. I think we are constantly, or not constantly, but regularly dropping some bombs. Some We're places. generally meddling anyway, yes. if not dropping bombs. So all these different tyrannical things is sort of like this big giant pot of nonsense. Right. <laughs> right. I think we talked about this maybe a few weeks ago, uh, Jason, yeah. where I also think masks or mask mandates are tyrannical. Um, and I think a lot of times the argument is made that even though it is a seemingly insignificant nuisance, um, we need to oppose it because it could lead to further injustices. And I, I'm actually very sympathetic towards that argument. The only pl- time I would actually butt in and say, However, mm, yeah, we have already gone way past that. Uh, mask mandates aren't the beginning of a slippery slope of, a of, line of, other, uh, of, of tyranny. Yeah. Uh, on the trajectory of tyranny, masks are on the low end along with um, mandates to wear shoes into grocery stores, mandates into wearing a seatbelt while you're driving. It's on that same level. And those are actually legitimately tyrannical things, but we've gotten used to them. Yeah. So masks are novel to us more than it. I think it is realistically more tyrannical than things we already live with. Now that doesn't mean I'm opposed to people making a fuss about it. It's just not where I'm going to focus for my own self, but I get when people want to. And I think that's totally the prerogative. Yeah. No. And I, I think one thing in there that's dead on is think we're downstream from a whole lot of garbage. We're already downstream <laughs> of it. We've and that's already gotten there. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, well, let's just take it because we've just taken it for so long Yeah. that, you know, when it, when you think about the mask issue per se, that, that one issue, you, you ought to see it within the context of in my estimation, a very large medical mafia problem anyway Yeah, with uh, hospitals and doctors prescribing synthetic, you know, petroleum-based drugs that eh, may not actually work. Adverse drug reactions, I think it's number four on the list of leading causes of death, um, heart disease, cancer, medical mistakes, and I'm presupposing abortion is actually the, that takes the taco. Yeah. But as far as calm down, (laughs) calm down (laughs) every, as far as like what's reported, heart disease, cancer, medical mistakes, and then adverse drug reactions. And so we have a health system, which, you know, I can tongue in cheek, I'll just call it death care system where you have heart disease is, you know, allegedly we can't figure that out. Cancer, we can't figure that out. And on top of not figuring those out, we are hurting and killing people in our medical care system and also prescribing drugs because you're not sick because you lack a drug, right? There's something else going on. I'm saying some of this because my, my next book's coming out. So oh. a health for all of life, uh, a medical manifesto of hope and healing for the nations. And so I draw a lot of theology in the very first part of it, but also in the second half, kind of work through some of the presuppositions, some of the history. A hundred years ago, the Flexner Report came out. Everything changed. The medical landscape changed, and it became very bureaucratic. Uh, go figure. The Rockefellers and the Carnegies had a hand in that. What? Yeah. 
and and that's not just me saying, oh, it's a conspiracy run. No, that actually historically took place. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, look into the beginnings of the Federal Reserve. Yeah. You know, there yes, are yes, real yes, conspiracies. Yes. And and that stuff, it, it just goes on. So we have this huge ball, a huge mess, and the COVID sanity, COVID sanity, it, it's all this stuff jumbled together and... So yeah, we need humility, (laughs) we need patience, we need love. And frankly, without the law of God, without theonomy, and figure out a way to deal with these issues. Yeah, okay, vote. We have I think we have an election this year. Do we have to elect a president? (laughs) I think so. Uh, No one for president. Right. Sounds good to me. So I'm getting, to, I'm getting tired of updating my no one for president memes every four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting sick of it. And as far as I know, it's the most important election of my lifetime again. Of so course. I don't know yeah. how that works, but uh, it's, it's kind of funny. So anyway, all the healthcare stuff, all these things, what, what do we need to do? How do we fight this? Do we fight it? If we've been boiling in this pot as frogs, what, how, what are we supposed to do? We need to walk humbly in the Lord. Okay. We need to be prayerful. Yeah. We need to actually lean on Christ in obedience. Now is definitely not the time to skip prayer. Right. And now is not the time to skip scouring the word of God, using it as an opportunity in the suffering, in the confusion. Because I think there's a lot of that, and I think that's actually part of what God does, according to Deuteronomy 28, his sanctions. What do we do in that time? Well, we turn to the Lord. Yeah. I mean, repentance is the key issue here. Repentance is the key issue. Repenting for pontificating on our team or our partisanship over against the other and failing to pull the stinking log out of our own eye. Right. You know, oh, the Democrats are socialists. Well, you kind of are too. Republican. Mm -hmm. So you've been supporting compulsory theft through funding, you know, government schools for, for so long. That's socialism. So can we, can we repent of that? Can we repent of hating our neighbor and trying to lock them in cages at the border? Yeah. Can we repent uh, as the church of not speaking up for the victims of the abortion Holocaust? Can, can we repent of those things? And the obvious answer is yes, you can always repent of those things. But that's the big thing when we talk about humility. Humility goes, it's a byproduct. It goes with repentance. It does. Absolutely does. And I, I think whenever we look at these issues having to do with health or life, I mean, you mentioned the abortion holocaust, it's so vitally important to realize why we are opposed to abortion or why we're abolitionists. Yeah. And ultimately, this is because we are all created in the image of God. And that is why we're opposed to it. So whenever a, 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 a massive global movement literally made up of millions of people who have from the grassroots up joined together to fight against what we, we, what we could call like racial injustice yeah. or police brutality, I think the church needs to say amen to that as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to be partisan or tribalistic and say, ah, you know what, that's a liberal cause. Yeah, I think we need to stand up. And I, I think we need to have nuance, right? We need to be we need to be fair to all different angles and actually look at things objectively. But that core cause of fighting against racial injustice and police brutality in the United States and all over the world, that's a just cause. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that ties into, I mean, that's kind of where we were going anyway, is in the midst of this, we had George Floyd murdered. Right. Right. And, and, and it's, it's amazing to me that people will, well, we had fentanyl in his system or he had, he had done something wrong as if he doesn't deserve to go to before a judge and a jury. Right. <laughs> so that happened. Police officers are also not supposed to kill the people that they're arresting. Right. That's, that's not their job. Yeah. And, and, and please, 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 because I already know you can send your, your hate mail to hate mail at crossingcrownradio.com. Editors at LanceRain.com. <laughs> One of those is fake. <laughs> but I don't want to hear the hate mail where you, you reply, yeah, but they're just defending their lives. Right. And no doubt we, you, you and I agree, you've written on this. I've written very little compared, but we agree, yes, a person, a human being has the right to preserve his life if it's threatened. There are laws on that. Stand your ground. Right. Castle Doctrine, things sure. like that. Sure. But you can't, and, and the big issue with this whole, the stuff in the streets has been qualified immunity. Yes. Explain that in case someone doesn't uh, Qualified know. immunity is essentially a doctrine that had started a long time ago where there has to be a specific case already on the books against a very specific form of uh, police, either police brutality or uh, some sort of misbehavior on behalf of police. So for example, if somebody, um, if a police officer breaks into your home and shoots you while you're sleeping, they can't be arrested for that unless there was already a case just like that before to set that precedent. Right. That's the very basics of it. So yeah. Google it. And qualified meaning precedent. Right. Essentially. And immunity meaning, well, it doesn't apply because of X, Y, Z, whatever precedent. Precedent, not president. Right. Precedent. Okay. Make sure we're clear on that. And so in the middle of COVID-19, we have George Floyd. We've had other Brianna Taylor being another example. I mean, a laundry list of, of, of folks. We, we talked already about a few of these things on cross and crown radio before the break. Yeah. Yes, we did actually last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll bring it up. It's okay. And, and, and at this point, and be, be okay with saying their names, be okay with praying for their families and, and be okay with lamenting. So that's another, um, Botham Jean. Yeah. That Botham was, Jean yep, we talked yep. about. Yeah. I, I, could, I remembered his last name. I couldn't remember his first name. And by the way, those episodes you can go back and find. They're, they're on lambsrain.com slash CCR. Uh, so in the middle of, in the middle of COVID-19, we have these issues. We have racial injustice, systemic injustice. And the big thing right now is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And, you know, I preached a sermon on this, uh, didn't get too much hate mail, but it's okay to say Black Lives Matter. Is it not? Or is that a problem? Should we avoid the term? Well, I think whenever somebody asks me, do I support black lives matter? I have to ask myself, do black lives matter? Yeah. And the answer to that question, do black lives matter? Is, is yes. <laughs> yes. It, black lives do in fact matter. Therefore I support the idea of black lives matter. And I would also say I support the broad disorganized decentralized movement called black lives matter. But I, I think the, 
the real problem comes in, and this is where it gets a little bit shaky and where we might get the hate mail that you speak of, Pastor, <laughs> is that there's also an organization called Black Lives Matter. And this organization, I think last time I checked, had about 13 chapters. Okay. Uh, so there's an official Black Lives Matter um, organization with 13 chapters worldwide. And this organization unashamedly calls themselves Marxist. Now, whether or not they're actually Marxist, they might know, be are they trying to, to are they trying to raise up the proletariat to overthrow the bourgeoisie and uh, take over all the means of production? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but they are definitely socialistic in a lot of different ways. They are opposed to Christianity. They're very supportive of the LGBT movement. Right. Right. And um, they are basically opposed to Christianity. Like mm. very, very plainly opposed to Christianity. So we can say with gusto that we oppose the Black Lives Movement organization. But to put some perspective on this, there are literally thousands of Black Lives Matter chapters locally in different cities and states around the world. And there are only 13 official chapters of that organization. Of the organization. So, so what does that tell you? That doesn't mean that the official organization doesn't have a broader reach. We, we think it does. It, that, broad, that official organization does have a broader reach and influence yeah. that can't be denied. But at the same time, I think there is a very broad general movement just against police brutality and racial injustice that's not interested in this Marxist ideology. Yeah. They're not interested in pushing the LGBT uh, narrative. They're not interested in these things. They're just interested in the racial inequality, the racial injustice, and the police brutality. And on those points, I say amen. Yeah. And there's a problem with the one and the many when we talk about this because it is interesting and something I noted a while back where if a, if a cop does some sort of nefarious thing, like put your knee on a man and he chokes to death. Right. Okay. And the whole idea of him, did he die of the chokehold? Well, really? <laughs> Do you think that he should have been on his neck anyway? Is that okay with you? The, the fact of the matter is, I think the one thing I just recently read is about six out of 10 Americans already have some sort of condition that could be listed as a comorbidity. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about COVID and comorbidities right now. Yeah. But insofar as George Floyd goes, six out of 10 Americans could easily be choked out police in the very same way. And somebody could come along and say, eh, they have asthma. Yeah. Or they had, they had cancer early onset, um, you know, lymphoma right. or something. They're, they're, they're yeah. obese. So obesity, <clears throat> obesity killed them. Yeah. Yeah. The knee on their neck had nothing to do with it. But it's interesting though, when, and this is, this tends to be, I'm aiming this mostly at conservatives at this point. And that's by and large because Christians by and large, will back any sort of conservative pundit, any sort of idea that's conservative. And I think because they're Christian, Peter says judgment starts with the house of God. And that's a principle we should just say, hey, um, our team should be assessed first, <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. So the problem with the one and the many here, you get a guy like uh, George Floyd who dies at the hands of Derek Chauvin. Chauvin. Yeah. And... They look at that and they'll say, well, if they don't question George Floyd and the comorbidity issue, they will say, well, that's one bad apple. It's interesting when in terms of the one and the many, they will not 
use that same logic whenever there's a protest or a riot. It's just suddenly this vague, incohate, Black Lives Matter did this to my town. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Wouldn't it, would, if we're consistent, because then they'll, they'll also hypocritically reject the idea of, of a systemic injustice. Right. Like police brutality. So I see this almost every day on social media. I've seen, I've heard this on podcasts and YouTube videos where a random African-American person goes and say punches a grandma. I mean, something as absurd and as, as evil as that. And yes, that is completely evil. We're not necessarily talking about that, but yes, that is completely evil. But then that same individual goes online and they use a BLM hashtag, right? They go online and they use a hashtag that's black lives matter. And because of that, somehow they become this official representative of the entire black lives matter community. The millions of people that are supportive of this movement, the millions of people who have marched over the last few months, the, the thousands of local chapters are all now represented by random person on Facebook that used a hashtag. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, um, that's stupid. <laughs> that's, that doesn't make any sense. Now, on the other hand, a law enforcement officer can murder somebody on video and that law enforcement officer is likely to be defended by his chief of police. He's going to be defended by the police union. The police union is going to now fund his attorney. The crime will probably be dismissed because of qualified immunity. Mm -hmm. And then later he'll probably be hired by another police department to go do God knows what. Right. So, so here's the, here's the thing. I will unashamedly say that the Black Lives Matter movement, the, the protesters in the streets, the rioters, so on and so forth, are filled with broken, sinful people doing broken, sinful things. A lot of them are acting out of frustration and trauma and anger. A lot of people are being opportunistic. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just venting. They're troublemakers, bad actors, however you want to say it. And there are also a lot of people out there just trying to stand for justice. I will also say that there are a lot of police officers who I think are, are, are good Christian men and women, mm-hmm. but there's a difference. And what is the difference? The difference is that when somebody who is out on the street protesting throws a brick at somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what we call an anecdote. <laughs> that is not... That is not some sort of sign of institutionalized sin. That is not a policy. That is not a demand. That is not an order. That is a person acting. Now, we think that there are a lot of people acting, right? There are obviously social dynamics at play where a lot of people are sinning. But with the police officer, they are acting out of an institutionalized lawlessness by policy. Now, now follow me, guys. By policy policy the police officers are acting lawlessly lawlessly does that mean you're saying because you get trump tweeting out every five minutes law and order right and the argument is well police are just trying to enforce the law yeah and so now it's this narrative of well we have the law versus lawbreakers yeah right right so we're saying that's problematic it is. Because it's not actually... Are we in favor of law and order? Yeah. 
Absolutely. In Christ's kingdom, there's law and order. Yeah. Absolutely. Theonomy is not anarchy because theonomy means God's law. So it's not lawless. So we, we have to get that we are in favor of law and order, but whose law mm-hmm. and whose order are we in favor of? And we have to look at this objectively because there's a lot of partiality going on mm-hmm. where it's accepted. It's accepted, especially within conservative circles, to have a law for police officers and then a law for everybody else. But that's not how God's law operates. So I'm actually in favor of some forms of law enforcement. I'm not somebody who wants to get rid of all law enforcement. Not at all. Mm -hmm. But our modern system is statist. Yeah. Our modern system is lawless according to the law word of God. It's lawless with a badge, but that doesn't make it any more, that doesn't make it any less lawless. Yeah. Think of it in this way. Does having a medical license make abortion lawful? Correct. Does a badge make a police officer killing a man lawful? Or kidnapping a man because he has a joint. Yeah. And locking him up for 30 days. A medical days. license or a badge doesn't determine ethics. Right. Not according to God's law. And this is the same problem and the same error when it comes to, for example, immigration. Right. With this idea of, well, they can come here. They just have to obey the law. Okay. Well, what do you mean? Well, they have to come here the right way. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they're trying Right. And so there's a bottleneck. There's all sorts of administrative garbage. By the way, that's the big issue at the core here. We have gone from a common law, more of a judicial centralized view of jurisprudence, and we've moved into administrative law, um, the Justinian Code, right? The, the, this idea that might makes right, and whoever has the executive power gets to do the executive stuff in, yeah. in the streets. So it's the same it's argument. Rex Lex instead of Lex Rex. Exactly. Yeah. The law of the king or the king is law. Major, major difference. Uh, so I, I, think, I think that's one of the inconsistencies that's frustrating in the middle of this conversation is there is very little nuance. There's a lot of vague generalization. All those people out there are bad. They are all Antifa or they're all BLM, BLM right? Yeah, they're all Marxists. They're yeah. all thugs and they're, they're all, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. And, and I hope our listeners can, can see the nuance that you laid out because we're, we're talking about an institutionalized lawlessness. We would say that the Constitution itself only gives the government the responsibility of naturalization, right. not immigration, not coming to and fro in your country, out of your country. I get it. Conservatives will say, well, but welfare, they're coming because of welfare. Yeah. We're with you on that. Yeah, Get rid of the welfare. Get rid of welfare. (laughs) And frankly, that's not even true. They're not all coming because of that. Of course not. In fact, they're the ones doing the hard work that Americans are too lazy to do. I don't want to go pick tomatoes in a blazing hot sun. Would I if I had to? Yeah. Sure. But I don't have to. But some of these folks are destitute and they have to. Mm -hmm. So here we are. And and I don't don't want to pick on conservatives too much, but I I will. Um, These are oftentimes the same communities that will boldly say that they will defy tyranny if the tyrants, if the tyrants try to take away their guns. Yeah, yeah. They're the same people that will defy tyrants because they don't want to wear a mask, but they're totally opposed to the Mexican crossing the border to in order to feed his family. Yeah. And, and that's my issue is that I'm very pro second amendment. I am against the mask mandates. I'm obviously opposed to abortion. I'm, 
I'm conservative on all of these different things, you know, conservative, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. But if, if it's okay for us to defy tyrants when it comes to vaccine mandates or mask mandates or, or taking away our firearms, then we need to actually think about how much we're actually leaning on this law and order rhetoric. Right. And what, how much of this is trying to be consistent with God's law, good presuppositionalists, how, how much of it's that, and how much of it is just us repeating the same old conservative rhetoric all right. the time. Uh, I think that's, that's my biggest issue with it. And, and I get it. Yeah, we could talk all day. Joe Biden, yada, yada, can't complete a sentence. Well, frankly... That's low-hanging fruit. It is. And I'm actually concerned for him health-wise. There's, I mean, t- I'm 10 honest, years ago, yeah. he's not doing that. I'm honestly getting to the point with Joe Biden where I, I, I almost feel convicted about making fun of him. Because yeah. I feel like I might be making fun of somebody with a medical problem. Right. That's and I'm like, I, feel I, I, think I'm, I think it's like, I'm actually showing a little compassion towards him. Uh, I'm not voting for him. I'm not supporting him by any means, but I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure if I should making fun, making fun of his, his stutter. I have a stutter sometimes. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, when we come back to this issue of conservative versus liberal, I think that's yeah. just the wrong paradigm anyway. And, and honestly, Jason, I, I lost a friend the other day because I wasn't woke enough on black lives matter. Uh-huh. And you know I've lost a lot of friends <laughs> because, because I'm so woke too, on Black Lives you're Matter. You're too woke. And I, yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to make up my mind because I'm trying to please people. But, um, well, yeah, so it you, goes. And you brought it up earlier, the issue of partiality and just sort of giving our team a pass, uh, the team jersey stuff, fanboyism. Right. Uh, you know, all these things where it's... Just, you can't, if we're going to be good gospel center, Jesus died, Jesus rose, he's king. There's no neutrality. We're not going to exile. There's no exile. We're not in exile. Yeah. There's definitely no surrender. Right. If we're going to be that, then let's be that. Let's not, not be that. <laughs> <laughs> let's be that and be consistent with our presuppositions. Right. Exactly. And, and I don't, it's frustrating when you, when you cr- critique for example, you specifically and you generally, when you critique <laughs> a conservative, suddenly, well, you must be a Marxist liberal, right? Or a, or a cultural Marxist, right? Uh, and if you haven't read that article from Gary North, you got to do that. It's on Lamb's Reign. Uh, Everybody's because, mad at Gary North again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's my position, and maybe we can do a, a show on this sometime in the future. But cultural Marxism is not coherent as a phrase. Right. So, but that's a different, different episode. So I think let's get over the conservative versus liberal thing. It's funny when I listen to, for example, N.T. Wright. Oh no, I just admitted that. We're going to have to edit that. Shocking. But N.T. Wright will laugh because he, you know, he, he laughs at Americans sometimes because that's the narrative all the time. You're either on the right or you're on the left. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're either conservative or you're liberal. You're either Republican, you're either Democrat. And that whole ideology has to go. It has it to go. Has- There's so much divisiveness, so mm-hmm. much divisiveness. And we get that truth divides. Like I know all the lines. Mm-hmm. Well, truth <laughs> divides. I, I know all, I know all the little proof texts and all the lines. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of truth, truth in that as well. Yeah. But ultimately 
we have to be focused on Christ in these matters. And with COVID, which is obviously incredibly controversial, mm-hmm. and then we have Black Lives Matter, incredibly controversial. In the middle of the COVID. <laughs> in the middle of the COVID. And what else do we have coming up? Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, which is the perfect 2020 matchup because it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am, I mean, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this, but I'm not a Democrat, but I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like that is an absurd, absurd nomination. But then again, the Republicans nominated Donald Trump. Yeah. So, who is a registered Democrat. In- <laughs> right. And, and so, and I, I've seen this, I've heard about this happening in churches and I've heard about this happening in families and friendships, but so many relationships have been broken and mm-hmm. damaged and hurt because of controversies regarding COVID regarding black lives matter. And now regarding Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a shame. Like I really do. And I speak very plainly about a lot of controversial things. Mm-hmm. I, I also think we really need to be striving for charity as much as possible. We need to be speaking truth, but speaking speaking truth in love. Mm-hmm. And I think we're failing. Yeah. I, I really do think we're failing. And and I just mourn for the church in this. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mourn for my own lost friendships and, and relationships. Um, I I mourn for the entire country because it is so divisive. And I know it's divisive every four years, but I feel like 2020 is special. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't think we have good leadership in the church. I think we're relying on men in the church who have become leaders who are more shock jocks than pastors mm. who are feeding off of the Twitter retweets <laughs> who are stirring the pot. And they actually view these things as virtues, by the way, they view this stirring the pot as virtues. They, they view their sensationalism as a virtue. And I, I think God's word says a lot of controversial things. I don't think God's word needs our help though. Mm-hmm in saying these controversial things. And, and oftentimes I, I believe, I sincerely believe that we can do a much better job, a much better job as theonomists and God knows theonomists have controversial views. <laughs> we talk about vaccines. We talk about abortion. We talk about homeschooling. We talk about all of these things that could really rattle, rattle the cage. Right. And, but I think we can do this lovingly Yeah. because ultimately theonomy will never do anything in this world without the actual power of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that is more than just a theological abstraction that we say. It has to be more than just something we say. When we say that post-millennial theonomy will only be successful because of the power of the gospel, I think we have to mean it. Mm -hmm. And not just something that we chant. And it's not something you just throw on a mug. It's, It's something that dictates your life. Right. Every every aspect of your life, Absolutely. every moment, every opportunity to offend someone because you just want to have a sharp tongue. Yep. Any any of those moments, it's got to be death, burial, resurrection. Right. Theonomists talk a lot about pietism. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it early in this podcast, yeah. where people who are so focused on the atonement that the entire Bible becomes just about how our little souls go to heaven. And my goodness, that is vitally important. Like our hearts of stone being turned into hearts of flesh is the center of everything that we do. It is the engine 
that drives the car of the church mm-hmm. and the kingdom of God. But, but that is one ditch. The other ditch is being so focused on politics, so focused on activism, so focused on homeschooling, abortion, vaccines, name all these controversial things, racism, mm-hmm. that we forget that the answer to all these things is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that cross needs to be applied to all of those things. We do need to be talking about these issues. We absolutely do. But we cannot forget the cross when we are talking about these issues. And I think sometimes we do. Yeah. Last week, I was invited to be on a Zoom call uh, with Virginia Freedom Keepers. And I had the opportunity to bring the gospel into this discussion. And it's funny because even within the medical freedom group, sort of the activism that you're talking about, yeah. there's a lot of infighting, which I laugh because I'm like, every what do you know? Every right? group has that, you know, yeah. whether it's the reconstruction. Any group that actually yeah. does anything will have a lot yeah, of infighting. There's always something. Yeah. So I'm kind of giggling, you know, I giggle from time to time. And it's not it's not very masculine, yeah. Pastor. Uh, well, that's actually going to be another episode very Uh-oh. soon, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm on the Zoom call and you know, there's some some legends on there. Mary Holland, she works with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the Children's Health Defense. She's a lawyer up in NYU. Very brilliant woman. Uh, very accomplished. And so I'm I'm a little intimidated, but but I'm like, all right, I'm here, and I, I go straight for King Jesus Gospel, and and I say that in humility because I know, I know for me. Without that, it, none of this matters, whether it's the medical freedom issue, whether it's mask wearing, you name it. Especially here in Virginia, we have Dr. Oliver, the Commonwealth um, Health Commissioner, saying, you know, we want to mandate vaccines. Apparently, he walked that back a little bit. But as if, you know, an unelected guy can just do that. And I'm thankful that Northam has, our governor has apparently tipped his hat and said, no, that's not what we're after. So I'm glad for that. And I, and I could applaud him for saying that. He's still infanticidal maniac, I think. Yes. <laughs> and we've covered that in, in prior episodes. But, but when it comes down to it, though, all these things are gospel issues. In fact, tomorrow I'm going down to Richmond and, and, and speaking at this event. And same thing, straight gospel, no chaser, going for it. Because it's the bloody cross, it's the empty tomb that's going to fix this stuff. Right. And and what in the world, how is it that, how is it that we're going to find ourselves in a position where if we just get Donald Trump reelected, suddenly everything is going to be better? That's absurd. It's insanity. And I, maybe it can, maybe a, a, a Trump, Trump supporter is going to tell me, well, we don't actually think that. We just don't like Biden and we, Trump's done some good things. Yeah, I think he's done some good things. But we're still, that's gospel-less. Yes. There's no gospel there. So if we're, if we're going to be the church... We need to be gospel people, gospel communities, truly proclaiming the gospel. And that's everywhere. Absolutely. Jury 100%. Nullification. Jury nullification. Yeah. Is that a gospel issue? Yes. Yes. Why is it a gospel issue? Because God cares about justice. Yeah. God cares about love. God cares about someone who's actually innocent being able to be exonerated because someone actually did the right thing right. on the jury. The, the last thing we want to do is to escape into pietism. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we also don't want to do is just to call all of these things gospel issues and then actually fail to apply the gospel to it. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing we want to do is call all of these different things a gospel issue, and then we just play politics afterwards. Right. 
or worse yet, slip into socialistic presuppositions. Absolutely. It's a gospel issue. Therefore, we need to pay for everybody's education. Right. It's not really a culture <laughs> war. It's a gospel war. Right. And that, that that's what it boils down to. And so let's let's just kind of sum, sum up everything, <laughs> all right, as best we can. One, regarding COVID, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, the CDC is updating their numbers. People have gone gone wild about it. Um, the the whole six percent stuff. Oh yeah. Let's let's be humble on that. The short the short story is that it's it's not really news, but it's also not good for the CDC. But it's not news. Yeah. So, and and we're deeply troubled that ten thousand people I'm r- rounding up died from this virus. Uh, alone, alone. Yeah, comorbidities. You know, two, was it two point six? I think two to three comorbidities were present in the ninety four percent. Right. So that's a sad thing. And there's there's all these numbers to hammer out, and we're trying to trying to understand what it is that's going on. But in the in the middle of it, I would just implore implore you, all of us, to have some humility in the moment, and let's not lose lose it. <laughs> yeah. Do more than read the headlines, please. And, I, and trust me, I am I'll be the first in line to critique the CDC, the 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 problems that I have with Bill Gates and yeah. some of the things he's said from his own mouth. Look, if if there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, it's probably going to start at the CDC. <laughs> I'll just say it right now. And I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm pretty sure in season 1 of Walking Dead, then they go to, they went to the CDC. I I think I that's remember. a secular show, Pastor. No. I mean, I heard that. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> No, um, where were we before we went on that rabbit Sorry. trail? No, it's the okay. CDC. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll be the first in line to tell you. I, I have zero trust there. Well, we actually want to abolish a lot of these agencies anyway, or yeah. most or all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with I'm with you know our listeners on that who are there too. <laughs> but in the midst of it, let's be humble. Let's be patient with one another, and let's truthfully get back to a reorienting of our lives around repentance and faith and, and, and gospel humility. And then also in the middle of this, we have the issue of racial injustice, systemic oppression. Uh, there are so many layers to this. We've kind of already talked about a lot of that before. Yes. But but just to, as far as recapping, let's just be honest and consistent. Mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable with using the Black Lives Matter hashtag, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. You can still speak up on behalf of those who have who have been oppressed, or that those who have you know experienced some short sort of injustice. Um, and this goes for white people, black people, brown people. It goes for everybody. But I think there is something to actually focus on when it comes to uh, uh, ethnic minorities. I think that's definitely true, and that's another episode. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're not comfortable with using a particular hashtag, don't let that be your excuse for not acting at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that said, I think at at the end of the day, when I when I preached the sermon, I chose Black Lives Matter for a reason. Yeah. I'm sure there was somebody that thought, oh, this guy's a cultural Marxist delete. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Maybe. But if you actually listen and you know, it's go figure, a sermon that's nuanced, that's kind of how it's supposed to be. I think I'm sympathetic to the person who has some concerns about the organization. I Absolutely. get it. No doubt. We're Please hear us. We're 100% there. Totally. But in terms of us caring about justice, we need to be able to call the thing for what it is. Right. And not be shy about that. And not sort of a pedantic ad nauseum caveatism. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Don't, don't feel like you have to do that. So, well, hey, man, we've been going for almost an hour. Yep. So that's exciting. We sort of, we hit on some of the most divisive things in our culture right now. This is a very, very quick wrap up of the last several months that we've really missed. So we didn't dive super deep into any of these topics, but we did think it was very important to talk about the importance of really being humble with one another because the church is suffering. And I think the country is suffering and the world is suffering. And I think we could do with a lot less tribalism and a lot less hysteria and really strive to listen to one another and serve one another and ultimately look look to Christ and walk humbly in, humbly in the Lord. Yep. And, and focus on the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, yep. self-control. All of those can be cultivated, no doubt. Well, hey, we have, a, we have other stuff coming down the pike here on Crossing Crown Radio. We want to talk about Amy Bird's book. That's right. Recovering from Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, which I am almost done with. And we have other issues to figure out with authority and submission and some ideas that I think you and I have spent a lot of time talking about those things. And so we have hopefully a lot of great content. I think yeah. a lot of good things to talk about. And and uh, certainly, again, if you have questions or things you want to write in or uh, what, whatever you want to do, find us on Facebook. You can find us on Crossing Crown Radio or Lamb's Rain Media. So make sure you check out lambsrain.com. That's it for us. I'm Jason. This is John, Crossing Crown Radio. Remember, Jesus is King. There's no neutrality, no exile, no exile, and no surrender. We'll see you next time. Grace and peace. Mm-hmm.